The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. In July 1996, during an extraordinary out-of-body journey through the Milky Way and other galaxies, Patricia Corey was reconnected and attuned to a group of interdimensional life beings that she had and her many readers came to know through the first Syrian Revelations transmissions as the Syrian High Council. During her remarkable mission as their scribe, she has shared the insight of six-dimensional Syrian light emissaries through the books and teachings that have transformed readers over the past decades. Now, 20 years from the date of the first transmission, Corey shares new revelations that affirm the veracity of past prophecies and transmit new visions for the human race as we ascend through the outer reaches of the fourth dimension into new levels of conscious awareness and parallel realities as we prepare for our imminent emergence. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's guest is Patricia Corey, an author, metaphysician, a renowned teacher, and spiritual guide to the secret size of the earth. For more than 30 years, she has studied mysticism, philosophy, ancient civilizations, metaphysical healing, and spirituality. She has been recognized as a gifted shaman by indigenous spirit teachers of the Tibetan, Mayan, and Peruvian traditions. She established Soul Quest Journeys in 1996, guiding travelers through sacred sites in Nepal, Tibet, Asia, Mexico, Egypt, Europe, and Peru, and to the crop circles of England. Patricia is the author of the Syrian Revelations and host of Beyond the Matrix on bbsradio.com. Patricia's new book is titled The New Syrian Revelations, Galactic Prophecies for the Ascending Human Collective, which will be the focus of tonight's discussion. Her website is patriciacory.com, and she joins us directly from the Azores Islands in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Hello, Patricia, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Oh, it's nice to be back. Thank you, Mel. Now, for those, Patricia, who may not be familiar with your work, and I know there's probably a few only, give us a quick recap of the transmissions you received back in 1996 before we begin with the new transmissions. Well, a recap of all those books. I mean, this is the 14th book, so it would take more than the time we have here, but I could maybe just quickly uh, describe the preliminary or primary themes of those works. Sure. Um, the first book was entitled The Cosmos of Soul, A Wake-Up Call for Humanity. And in that book, 20 years ago, we were presented with the what now is common, let's say common fodder for conspiracy theories, theorists and uh, surpassed, in fact, but at that time, the information was pretty revolutionary. We were we were told about um, what was coming in the next 20 years. I mean, they didn't verbalize it that way, but we laid out for us was a depiction of the multiverse, a multidimensional consciousness that few people were really contemplating then, and several 
let's say, warnings and uh, descriptions of the process we were going to have to go through in these years of transition. Um, and that has been the theme for the material all through these years. As we evolve, so has the material evolved to a point where the council feel that as we evolve in our understanding, they're able to give us more. And uh, and not to be wordy, but I just want to add the second book, Atlantis Rising, described in great detail how the the ascension process was a process of our sun, not our planet, and not only not only our planet, not only we as individuals, but the actually our sun is progressing into a state of ascending out of the third dimension into the fourth. So that has been very exciting information, which becomes more elaborated now in the new book and still is still revolutionary. A lot of people don't understand the ascension that we're talking about to include the entire solar system. So that's pretty exciting. How was the world because I'm refreshing my memory by, by looking at the, at the other books too. Back in 1996, we we know you know we had President Clinton reelected. He had the Martian rock. We discussed that. We had Dolly the sheep and many other things. How was the world in '96 in comparison to what you see today in 2018? Oh my, we were still so innocent then. We we didn't understand the. Let's say that the forces that were choking the planet into submission at that time were still very subverted, and we most people didn't get it at all. We had a facade that was starting to unravel, but still so many people were asleep, and there was so little information available. I mean, look at then the the, the first information we had about cloning was Dolly, the um, the you. And here we are in 2018, and we've got all manner of conspiracy theories about human cloning banks and, and uh, experiments between species and wide open conversations about this. Um, I'm sure you've heard information talking about Hollywood and the cloning centers that are being utilized to uh, reproduce celebrities. And these kinds of things would have been completely off the charts to discuss back then. And even discussing the cloning of Dolly in the first book got a lot of reaction when I when I first got that book out there. So imagine where we've gone as a, as a consciousness, a social consciousness. Uh, in 20 years is remarkable. And I'd like to add that also the first time I ever heard about chemtrails was from the Syrian revelations. And the first thing I ever heard about harp was the Syrian revelations. And I was bringing all that information out at a time when almost no one had a clue what any, what that was about. So in 20 years, we have grown up substantially and now we're confronted with, okay, now that we know it, uh, how do we bring it down? And this is a part that people have to understand when they read your, your older books about the 96 transmissions, because people read it now and they think, okay, I know harp, I know chemtrails, I know this and that, but that was not known by the mainstream back then. It wasn't even known by the alternative back then, really. I mean, it was when those books first came out, I was met with a lot of resistance. 
And of course, the alternative thinking community was growing and there were people that I'm not suggesting that it was pioneering in absolute, but um, it was quite revolutionary information then. And it still is to people who are, are just starting to open up their awareness. I mean, for example, in those books, the first books, the council warned us against vaccination. And here we are with this monstrous vaccination crisis taking place on our planet. And we're seeing what, what actually is coming down with that. So, yeah, it's important that people who read those books now understand how revolutionary they were at the time and still are for a lot of people. Now, as I mentioned to you before, I have a lot, a lot of notes, and I have a lot of quotes from your book. Let me begin with this one, because the part about cloning is really, really important. So you say at the beginning of your book, as you refresh our memories about uh, 96, quote, we all remember the cloning of Dolly, the sheep in 1996. Then we had the successful creation of human hybrid embryos. Now, recently, there was the successful cloning of a, and this is my part, cloning of a monkey the council revealed to you over 20 years ago that there was experimentation underway in secret laboratories where geneticists were cloning animals, no doubt intent upon a, or already doing the same with humans. We are witness to the frightening truth of just where bioengineering intends to steer the course of humanity. What are we talking about here? The creation of new hybrid animal species with humanized brains. And next What you say is alarming, Patricia. Worse yet, it is their plan to strip our declining civilization of its intellect in order to entrap human spirit, mind, and soul in animal bodies and have us crawling or walking on all fours. Let's distill this. I've heard of these experiments for decades. Where do you think we are today, Patricia? Is this the plan? Is the plan intellectual devolution? Definitely. Now, this is being conducted in so many ways, starting with the dumbing down of the education structures around the world. I mean, you only have to to look at core teachings, these absurd, uh, convoluted types of mathematic, I don't even know what to call it, it's just distortion, to realize that there, there, there's definitely a plan to dumb down. I mean, when you tell a child four times three equals 12, and the kid says 12, and the teacher gives him an F for not following the common core <laughs> system to get to that. Oh, you want not, to go there, huh? I hate common core. Oh, drives me crazy. But it's it's one of the many manifestations of how the population is being dumbed down. It's through the education system. It's through meds. It's through um, vaccination. It's it's through the alteration of the species, just like you've seen hybrid plants created to produce a certain color flower or fruit. So you can see hybrid species being created. And when you talk about human embryos and human DNA being spliced with animals, one can only assume that it's not because they're trying to bring the animals up to the human consciousness, but rather somehow stripping humans of theirs. I mean, if you've got a human being on all fours on the ground, then uh, one would assume that the idea is to 
bring the human being into a more animal-like state. By the way, when you said about vaccination, incidentally, I was just filling out the new exemption form for our daughter's school. And to my surprise, I couldn't find one. They are deleting a lot of the exemption forms from everywhere. And now the states are creating their own exemption forms without you having the ability to create yours. And folks, you have to really read that because at the bottom, the very fine print, many states have different things. Uh, For example, it says, if there's an outbreak, your child, you're authorizing to vaccinate your child if there's an outbreak. Or if there's an outbreak, your child might have to miss school three weeks, which means you're probably going to lose maybe a year. So they're making it less and less easy for people with personal beliefs or religious exemptions to be exempted from this. Well, they want to vaccinate your children, and it's coming to being forced very soon. And it is forced in some places. School is the excuse at the moment. So if you don't vaccinate, you don't get to go to the school. Then uh, there are medical people that are, if they don't vaccinate, they get fired. And then there will be, if you don't vaccinate, you can't travel. The the idea is to vaccinate the population. And without being an alarmist, I, I truly believe that this is part of the depopulation program on this planet. No doubt at all. And I think so also that... Is, Sorry, Mel, I, I just wanted to add that the question is for you parents, because it starts with the children. And of course, they want the adults, too, but they're after the children. What are you going to do? This is a huge issue, a huge issue. And I I worry about, well, I worry about the children, but I, I'm very concerned about parents and how you're going to deal with the fact that they're coming after your children. Not only that, but in the future, Patricia, I can see a future in which if you decide, let's say your school finally says, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot attend school. Well, what do you do? Your nature says, I'm going to homeschool my child. But I think in the future, the nanny state will say, nope, you're not going to allow to homeschool your child. You either vaccinate and put in school or will take over. Well, this is this when you're talking at this point, then you're talking about a Hitler-esque state, which unfortunately is the direction of the one world order, control of the children, control of education to the point that you create a, I mean, let's not get too depressing here, but um, that is where the one world order wants to take everyone, right? (laughs) And this is not in your book, but I'm going to say it anyway. I received uh, some news of a transgender person who wrote an article very, very objective article where this transgender, well, now now it's transitioned into a, a woman, says that what you see in the media is an absolute outrageous push. This person is saying, what I'm seeing is not what I want to be. And what she's saying is that there are two industries pushing the transgender agenda, the pharmaceutical industry, because they're always looking at the bottom line. How can we increase our bottom line? Well, These people are going to have to consume pharmaceuticals for the rest of their lives. And number two, the medical industry, because these operations, I'm not sure how much they are. I think it's about $60,000 to $100,000 each. So those two industries are pushing this really, really hard. Well, there's also the the fact that um, if you agree that there is an alien influence in government, then 
I believe that there is a, a desire to confuse the gender identity of the human of the species of humans to make them more amorphous or more uh, androgynous to fit with a more alien perception and an alien biology. I mean, how, how far down the rabbit hole do we want to go here? <laughs> as far and as deep as we as we can. But what justification is there for these experiments? Shouldn't our scientific communities be working to improve the conditions for life on this planet rather than genetically altering them? Well, that would be a nice uh, paradigm to believe in. But unfortunately, the scientific community that's doing this work is is responding to the government. The, the 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 scientific the bio laboratories secret laboratories are gov- government funded the universities and those biological uh programs are government funded and corporate the military com but what is it the commercial uh, the corporate military complex has its claws in the bio engineering realm and I, I always remind people, you know, what do you think they're doing in those bio laboratories? People are, are rather naive when it comes to this. I mean, we've got what, 87 or, or something even more bio laboratories underground in the United States alone. What do we think that they're doing in those laboratories? They're weaponizing biology. So they're creating viruses, they're creating uh, bacteria that are weapons grade. And they're experimenting with uh, DNA and the human genome. Well, the Muckingbird mainstream media, and I'll, I'll be using that term a lot, folks, and if you don't know what I mean, Google Project Muckingbird. What the media tells us is that this is being done in order to, quote-unquote, grow organs like the movie The Island on demand. And that's the problem. All of this has a, a double-edged sword. I, I recently read that there is a process with stem cells where you can grow new teeth instead of getting implants. Now, let me play devil's advocate. If we stop science due to the ethical concerns that we all have, this could also limit the possibilities of good outcomes too, don't you think? Well, I'm not suggesting that we stop science, but we certainly need more regulation of science. We need stricter controls to see what exactly they're doing. And, a little, let's say, well, first of all, here's a question. Where do they get these stem cells? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a name for you. Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood, probably okay. from the fetuses. Exactly. So we know and have been following the story that Planned Parenthood is supplying aborted fetuses to biolaboratories. Yeah. So are you telling me that you're going to put aborted fetuses into my stem cells of aborted fetuses into my mouth so that I can grow? I mean, obviously, if it's my teeth, doesn't it have to be my stem cells. I don't get this. Yes. In that in that case, they actually take some of your stem cells in order to grow your own. It has to be your own DNA. Right. Well, so then where are the the uh, aborted fetuses going? That's a good question. And I'm not even sure they're aborted. I've heard from sources that tell me that some of those babies are taken out alive because the mother who goes there really doesn't care. She's told the baby has been, quote unquote, I hate to even use the term taken care of. But those babies, a lot of times are taken out alive and who knows where they are now. Well, that's just 
too diabolical for words, but we do know, or at least we we believe that well, we understand that vaccines do contain aborted or. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.